right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we have a lot to get through. Yes, it has been a minute since we've reconvened, but we're going to get through the NFL draft. Cyclones went everywhere, more so just New York, actually. And then we have some off-season updates with the transfer portal and some breaking news with some Iowa State gambling going on and not even just Iowa state, but pretty much just the entire state of Iowa. We'll get into all that. But of course, if you're listening to this, then you know that we're presented by BNC Fieldhouse. head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as best place to watch the big game. If you got nothing going on on Mondays, they have a pretty solid deal. They have food and drink deals with a $7 pitcher drink and burger basket and fries. Also, for your birthday, they have an AMF tower for only $7. So if it's your birthday, go and boogie on on over at BNC Fieldhouse. Support our boy, Ben. He's been doing a lot for us on this podcast. Really appreciate his support. And if you like this podcast, then you should head on over there. You know, treat yourself to a beer and some burgers. But without further ado, we'll get into a lot of different things right now. But I think um, one of the more fun topics to talk about is my favorite off-season event for – the NFL, the NFL draft. We had a lot of Cyclones with their names called. And we'll just start with Will McDonald, who went first round, broke the curse, over a 50-year curse since we've had someone get drafted in the first round. So huge. And, of course, he lands to none other than the New York Cyclones, a.k.a. the New York Jets. Um, what, what, you got any takes on Will McDonald to the Jets, Newt? Um... I was pretty pumped with it because I I kind of let's see how can I word this heading like after the season and kind of like I think even at the start of the season I was like Will McDonald should be a first round pick or it was like I was like I thought Will McDonald was gonna be a first round pick and then mm-hmm. I think in the off season I thought he had like a good sort of like off season hype, people talking about him, everything like that. But then I was like just seeing a lot of mock drafts and there was like maybe one mock initially that I saw someone had him kind of high, but then the consensus kind of didn't really have him in at least most of the stuff that I saw didn't really have him uh, as like one of those like consensus, like he's going to get taken in the first round. There would maybe be like him sprinkled into it, but it wasn't like, you could go in most people's draft and like Will McDonald was like taken in just about most people. So I was like, oh man, this is going to be another year where I would say just doesn't have a first round pick. And like Will McDonald's so good, big 12, like all time sack leader, you know, monster. Anyone, any Iowa State fan can tell you just like watching Will McDonald over the years, beast. So I was pretty stoked to see him get taken in the first round. I think he's going to be awesome in the nfl you know as long as he stays healthy things like that that you know are kind of out of his control or whatever but he's just been an absolute you know uh just wreaks havoc for for offenses Mm. um at iowa state so i wasn't like surprised i think maybe other people who who maybe aren't as familiar with iowa state or or cyclones or or maybe a little bit surprised by it but you know i i kind of think that at least what i say to a lot of people now is like I think there are maybe like three to four kind of first round picks that you should be taking as, as a teams. And that's quarterback edge rusher and like offensive tackle. I think that's where you should be spending like that elite first round, like important draft capital at, you know, like we've kind of seen linebacker uh, running back. I mean, you could say like some really good wide receiver talents here and there, but there've also been like some good busts. Tight ends are, are really shaky, somewhat in the first I round. Mean, um, you could find a good uh, receiver in the fourth, and if you're X, even the sixth round. So I mean, yeah, uh, you don't you don't have to go in the first round. My my rule of thumb, I think that's pretty spot on. Quarterback, offensive tackle, um, unless you have a huge gap in like you know left guard or something, um, but. It, it, unless you see the unicorn. So that that's kind of the rule of thumb. So I think tight ends are incredibly hard to come by. And if you see one that is, you know, just looks the part of someone who's just going to be a unicorn in the NFL, like a Kyle Pitts, then I think you can definitely uh, validate a first round, you know, pick on him. But at the same time, if you even look at, at it, even him, he hasn't, he hasn't really done much for. So true. And, and, that's and then it. like Travis Kelsey was second round. George Kittle was, I think, think fourth or fifth round fifth fifth round so i mean yeah the nfl draft at the end of the day 
I mean, yes, it's an honor just to be picked. And, and I mean, we've all learned that with the Mr. Irrelevant in the past year. But, like, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter no. where you're picked. No. No. But It was yeah. nice, though. Pick number 15. It was nice. That surprised me, too. The highest I saw him go was number eight in a Mel Kuyper draft. That was about, that was like. super early. That was, like, one of the was. first mocks. And it was, it was so weird because that was, like, one of the first mocks that I saw. So I was, like. Oh, he's a shoe in. And then for some odd mm-hmm. reason, it like went the opposite. It was like, and I don't know what like did it to like have him kind of drop off a little bit. Cause it's not like, I don't really think he had like bad pro day or, or combine no. and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, so why is there like this sort of, you know, like this like opposite sort of like, you know, like the tape on him is great. You know, like you watch <laughs> Will McDonald, he's always getting double and shit. It's like, it's like, you could maybe say his senior, your numbers weren't as great, but that's because teams are just like, okay, we're just going to make it so that Will McDonald does not beat us. So we're going to put like two, three guys and we're going to hold the shit out of him. Like he was always just getting fucking like dragged to the ground. And oh, yeah. I would say also would, would rush three guys like all the time and we'd somehow still generate pressure. It was a little infuriating sometimes we talked about that a good amount it's like why are we only bringing three a lot of times and yeah like, you know telling will mcdonald hey beat three guys plus like a running back that's coming to like you know pop you as well like yeah right. <laughs> be like a deuce mc or a deuce vaughn and like a Bijan robinson yeah i mean you can't ask him to be superman um but i mean he he and mj anderson kind of reminded me of that like one-two punch with dwight freeney and robert mathis uh, back in, I think, like late 2009, early 2010s, where, you know, everyone would key in on Dwight Freeney and he, had, he was just so quick and had this just elusive spin move. Um, and, you know, if, if they're double teaming him, then Robert Mathis would just kind of clean up and, you know, we'll, we'll get to him or we'll just get to him right now. MJ Anderson uh, went undrafted, but hey, sometimes that's the best thing that can happen. You have a little bit more of a pick from the litter and he signed with the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, talk about a good landing spot with a Pete Carroll defense. I mean, if there's ever a coach you want to play for as a rookie in the NFL, I would say he's got to be top five if you're, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball. But um, that kind of segues me. I think the fits of a lot of these, you know, Iowa State players are great. I mean, Hakeem Butler out of the XFL was first team all XFL offense, led the XFL in receiving touchdowns, and almost all of his touchdowns are just insane highlights. Where'd he go? You know where he went. Perfect spot for a wide receiver to go, though. The best spot for a wide receiver to go. I I, I mean, there's not... Pittsburgh Steelers. There's not, like... I, I think you could say the Steelers are the best at developing and getting the most out of wide receivers for the most part. And they also have, like, kind of an opening for a big body, bulky kind of wide receiver right now. You know, they have... totally. They kind of have like your your small separation underneath guy in um, uh, Deontay Johnson right now. You have George Pickens who kind of is he he is like a, a deep play threat as well and kind of a big play guy a little bit and and he's he's bigger too but he's not like you know Hakeem big and Hakeem mm-hmm. is going to be more of like that that red zone physical presence that I think throw it up to the big man um, yeah so. I was super happy to see that, you know, obviously we were, we were loving what Hakeem did in the XFL and we're super pumped to see him get that opportunity. And, and yeah, I mean, um, going to be in Pittsburgh, he'll have, it's a great opportunity. It's it's a, it's a, a fantastic organization. Um, and it's a great training camp, you know, it's, it's, it's a training camp. They get, they go out to uh, Latrobe. They're at St. Vincent college. It's very much focused on, on football, which I think is a, a great element too, that should be very can be very helpful for maybe uh, players or young guys that are trying to accommodate to that too. And, and I think um, it should be really beneficial for, for Hakeem and, and hopefully he can stick around and, and um, the Steelers find something in him and he's, you know, making the roster, you know, at a minimum on that practice squad too. We would love to see him stick around with the Steelers. Um, so that, that yeah. was awesome to see too, making the most of his XFL opportunity. So yeah, I mean, you're spot on just like that. That's why they have these feeder leagues like the XFL, the USFL. You know, they're there for a reason is and it's to spot that talent. And just a reminder, 
30% of the entire NFL is undrafted free agents. You know, there are lots of players who sometimes are late bloomers even. And I mean, J.J. Watt, like, I think his first year, first couple of years in college, you know, he was delivering pizzas. Like, th- these NFL players sometimes do take time. Joe Burrow, I, I mean, you you can name a lot of them. And it's really just about where do they fit? You know, what what's going to be a good system for them? And you know, how much have they developed recently? So I, I, I kind of love this. Um, and yeah, you, you said it perfectly. Like there is actually a need for Akeem and I felt bad for him and Philadelphia when they moved him to tight end, like he was like having to learn a playbook as is, is really difficult. Having to learn a whole new position at the highest level is even harder. Um, and then the Cardinals graded literally the worst franchise and all the NFL that was where he got drafted to so you could say he didn't get the best shake when he was in the NFL the first time but hey who knows maybe it was the right shake but at least he has another opportunity to kind of reprove himself and I think he will yeah I I think you know looking at the state of the teams that he was drafted to in the organizations um you know we, we've talked to a lot of players a little bit and, and so much of it is dependent on coaches, teams, orgs, and GMs and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, we're even seeing kind of the fallout right now of the Cardinals. We're seeing that they're right now bottom feeder team. Like Kyler Murray is like, I, I mean, he's got that franchise by the balls in a bad way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, he's been kind of babied and, they've had terrible organizational moves of like they extended cliff kingsbury for a long time the gm even though they had no proven record of like winning or doing any sort of like great development on field and then you know like hakeem gets drafted into that and then like he gets hurt and then he gets picked up and the eagles are like hey you're going to try and play tight end and and then get and we know tight end is the probably one of the hardest if not the second hardest position to play on the offensive side behind quarterback Mm -hmm. because you have to learn line cadence and the offensive route tree like there's so much to it and he was trying to do that on like less than a week and then they put him in the starting like roster and and then threw him out there and it was just it seemed like it was kind of set up for not being successful and then you know you you get thrown all that stuff, you get bad press, you are dealing with the stuff. And, and, you know, we talked to Hakeem, we got to interview him and it just seemed like it was just, you know, hard. And it seemed like this XFL opportunity has been a great time for him to like refocus on football, really maybe like get back to, you know, what he was at Iowa state. And, and you know, like, I think that's a, a something that a lot of players do appreciate about Ames and Iowa State and things like that is like you're really focused on the game and and able to do that and and I think that that's something that he has been able to do here and then hopefully I think that's something that he'll be able to also do here in Pittsburgh and maybe it was just like hey rough organization and maybe get a little bit to you know like whatever you know like First time in the NFL, a lot going on, trying to figure out. There's there's so many things like you're moving, you're an adult for the first time in your life. There's so much new stuff that's going on that like mm-hmm. that adjustment is so hard. And then you get hurt. You're dealing with that for the first time. Like, you know, like it's just that's a really hard thing to do. So it's just, you know, like awesome to see him really make like um just just do such a great job here with this XFL opportunity and to try and turn it into another way to to get back into the league. And and like we said, we really hope that he can he can, you know, kind of hit the ground running here in training camp. And it's with one of the best organizations in the NFL, which I think mm-hmm. was probably a great decision by him because I'm guessing that this was not the only team that he had interest no. in. You know? No and, and and also to pick from the Steelers of of like a lot of other teams knowing just like how they work with wide receivers and and everything like that. I think it was um, like a really good move on his part. So I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm super excited to also have Hakeem in the the same area code as me too, if he ever wants to hang out. So. (laughs) And you have Trevor Downing too. Um, Undrafted free agent went to the Steelers. 
Uh, you know, the Steelers are kind of the Dallas Cowboys after the 2017 team that we had when they just picked up all the Iowa State undrafted free agents and Marchy and Joel Lanning. So, I mean, I, I think a lot of Iowa State fans are going to be, you know, cheering for Pittsburgh. Um, last one, Orion Vance signed with, or excuse me, he didn't sign, excuse me, he was invited to the New York Giants rookie camp. So he'll get an opportunity to, you know, maybe make the team in New York. Um, unfortunately, he, he just landed on the wrong New York team. He got, he got the invite to the wrong New York team, but at least he'll still be in the same area code as Brees Hall, Alan Lazard, Will McDonald. Um, are they, they kind of have to be like the Cyclones team moving forward. I mean, I've never been a Jets fan. If anything, I've kind of been meh toward them, but I guess we have to like them now. In Aaron Rodgers, I guess we didn't even mention that. Yeah, I mean, we really do at this point. It's it's very, very Cyclone heavy. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have some, some great Cyclones there. Some great people that also like, very much rep Iowa State too. I, th- I think that's the oh, other yeah. thing with it is like it's not just the fact that they are there's like some Iowa State people on it. It's also that there are some big like they're loud Cyclones, you know. Yeah. So uh, very great representatives of the university. Yeah. So I I think it's definitely one of those of like you know on the side you know everyone you know the Midwest and Iowa people or whatever all have weird fandoms because. Iowa is such a weird state of like, who do you like for an NFL team? But a lot of people's second teams are probably going to be the Jets this year because of, of Lazard Brees being there. That's just going to be like, we are rooting for these guys and, and they should be pretty interesting. I mean, the AFC we know is just going to be an absolute bloodbath because it just and seems that like that division's tough too. Yeah. I mean like every off season, it seems that like there's just this exodus of, uh, quarterbacks going there um and whatnot and and just making it a little bit harder to to make it out of the afc but um you know we're, we're hoping for for good health for those guys and and Brees can stay healthy and, and prove that he is the best running back in the nfl because because he is mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know we've been saying that so but um but yeah it's um uh, be exciting to have a couple couple big name cyclones on the same team and, and be able to get to root for them and, and hopefully they'll have a, a nice successful upcoming NFL season. So mm-hmm. two more. Uh Xavier Hutchinson, round six, two oh five to Houston Texans. Um, you know, they were saying it after he got drafted, they're like, this guy is not a sixth round wide receiver. Like this is insane that he dropped this low. Um credit to the Texans. I mean, they had took a lot of big swings in general. I don't know. I think they Maybe even I know this draft broke the record on overall trades, and I think the Texans led the league in overall trades, and they traded up to get X. Uh, you know, I I remember when my Colts traded up to draft Jonathan Taylor. You know, if they if they're trading up to get you, they see something very valuable in you. They they can't believe that you're there at that point. So you know, a lot of value in that pick, and I don't know, man, I. I compared him to Keenan Allen. I don't know. And by the way, Keenan replied to that, you know, said that he became a fan of X and then quickly deleted it after he saw that we were paying for Twitter blue, thought that we were probably a reputable, um, you know, platform at first. And was like, oh, who are these guys? I, mean, I, I don't need to be interacting with them. And quickly took his tweet down. Pretty hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of what I like about X, though. Like he he does have very solid hands. He is a very crisp route runner. He's not going to be a Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle, but those are like, you know, those we talk about unicorns. Not everyone's going to be that way. The more successful receivers in the NFL are the ones that, you know, do the cleanups nicely, which is catch every ball, um, run good routes, and that's him. So I really like him going to the Texans. I don't like it because I'm going to have to cheer against him two times a year with my Colts, but I think he and CJ Stroud could build up a lot of chemistry. And more than anything, I think he has the ability to step in right away and, and get some play time. That's what I like about it. That's what I like seeing my Cyclones go to these situations where they can actually prove themselves right away. I mean, let's be honest. I don't know if I love Texans as an organization. Josh Lenz shed some light on that about a year ago on just how, uh, you know, they maybe aren't one of the best organizations, but Hey, they've got a lot of changes coming with the Miko Ryans and, uh, I, I, I convinced myself into really liking that landing spot for X. Yeah, I was I was shocked that he dropped all the way to the sixth round, uh, to be honest. 
it just I I I don't know. It, it's crazy. Led the Big Twelve in like receptions. Um, you know, was uh, was it is it Belentikov? Um, is that yeah. the top wide receiver? Um, yeah, five, uh, top three, I believe. I think he came third behind Marvin Harrison Jr. And then number one was a uh, was a Zay Flowers, Zay Jones. I, I hate that I get those two conf- confused. No, it was Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, just. You know, and doing it in the Big 12 and, and kind of doing it uh, like, you know, especially this last year, I would say on a, a, a not great offense and still being very productive. Um, very true. I, I thought was was very impressive. Um, and then to still see him drop, you know, it's I, I wouldn't say it's it's not like he is um, kind of like more adept to like the college game or anything like that. So um you know we've seen his route running's very good his ability to create separation which i think are things that translate well to the nfl so mm-hmm. um but either way um i do agree i think i think the texans it's like a a good and bad you know it's still a poorly run organization in that like the ownership's still the same which that always kind of worries me it's it's yeah uh, old bad or ownership but it did have like kind of a revamp after this last sort of like i don't know if you want to call it tanking but it was kind of like we're not really good after the whole deshaun watson thing and 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 whatnot so we're gonna revamp but i i do like the fact that he's gonna be able to to play with cj stroud and get to work with a young quarterback and maybe you know get to develop that chemistry early on and shouldn't be competing too much with like targets. And like you said, we'll have that ability to jump in and, and really get to get some playing time early on, which I think is a very good element, you know, to not have to go to a crowded receiving room, going to this team. That's probably mm-hmm. not focus on like trying to win right away. And more so on trying to get young guys playing time and work on just like building towards the future. And, and so I think, those kind of things are all uh, beneficial here too. So a little shocked that he did go to the sixth round. I, I, I kind of thought he would maybe like four, four, four to five or something, but dropping yeah. all the way to the six and like pick, pick two under it, I thought was a little bit, uh, a little bit farther, but um, yeah, I still think definitely not the worst spot, um, I think being the Texans stinks like just like yeah because it's the Texans as an org but I think it's I do well like run. the I like I like the fact that he's gonna be working with like a, a younger quarterback and being able to, to to potentially develop something there and like um you know kind of up and coming not a lot of pressure there that I think could be could be nice for him too to to kind of you know get his own footing in and, and make a name for himself so yeah I, I mean I always like it when a rookie receiver goes at the rookie quarterback. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get like the most expertise, you know, but I think it, it allows them to start um, that chemistry as raw as possible. Whereas, you know, Alan Lazard kind of got lucky. He was taken under Aaron Rodgers' wings. And I shouldn't say he got lucky. He worked his ass off to get there. But, um, you know, sometimes when you do go into a locker room with a veteran quarterback who already trusts certain receivers, he doesn't want to trust you. And, and you know, Hakeem said this about AJ McCarron. He's like, I want to have had that year if it weren't for AJ's trust. Like we talked about this with Kyle Kemp. He was a very trusting quarterback. Sometimes you just got to throw it and see what they can do. And I think when you're starting raw with raw, they have, they have to trust you and they have to build that chemistry from scratch. So that's why I like it. Um, last but not least, Anthony Johnson round seven, pick two forty two to the green Bay Packers. They're keeping the Iowa state connection alive. How do you feel about your Packers grabbing our boy Ant? Yeah, I mean, glad that we're we're keeping some cyclone a cyclone in in Green Bay. Um, I mean, Anthony Johnson was a a great defensive presence for for the Cyclones. Um, it was also wonderful to get to push around the the K State highlight of him punching the ball out. Um, oh, so good! That was awesome. We got to witnessed that in person this year too which was fantastic that was the the one game i i went to um and that was that was awesome to see in jack trice you know um seventh round picks are, are obviously always kind of like on that that cut line a little bit but i think that um it's definitely one of those that um 
with him being a little bit older and having a lot of experience. Um, he's played safety and corner before, so he's kind of got a, an ex- mm-hmm. a lot of secondary experience. He's definitely going to be like a special teams guy, kind of do it all thing that I think he could definitely stick um, just because I think he's, you know, kind of willing to, to do whatever to, to be on the field. Um, and I think that mentality should be something that would be great to, to bring to Green Bay. So, Did you see that the draft announcers totally screwed up his entire analysis? I mean, I think it quite literally was. There's another Anthony Johnson who's a cornerback for Virginia. I, I don't believe he was drafted at the time Anthony Johnson from Iowa State was. And so they got their wires crossed, and they were talking about Anthony Johnson from Virginia saying, oh, yeah, he had to go through six different defensive coordinators in his time. And and then they were, like, critiquing his highlights, saying, like, yeah, he, he, he struggles with, like, you know, wrapping up and tackling. And I'm like – None of this is accurate. It was really hard to listen to, and I usually don't want to be old man yelling at the clouds, but it's like these are big moments for these guys. And not only um, like we Iowa State fans know Anthony Johnson, but the rest of the country probably doesn't. And so you kind of want to represent them as well as as you need to, but also just because they deserve it, you know, like. I don't know. It, it was it was kind of annoying to me. I tried not to think much about it. But then I saw that like CBS wrote an article on on just like all, every single pick and they, you know, labeled it Anthony Johnson from Virginia. <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys. Like, I, I, I get it. It's an easy mistake. But come on. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's always annoying because it's like we focus in on it because it's us, um, you know, but. Yeah, you do get to the end of it, and you're like, yeah, you don't, you don't want to, I don't know, like things happen and and whatever. But it, it is annoying because it's like, I don't know. I feel like we always get this shit. Like we can confuse for Iowa or whatever. Like they throw up a hawk logo, yeah. and it's like, fuck you guys, um, and stuff like that. So, uh, but then yeah, kind of having the whole background being messed up on a guy that kind of like ruins his draft experience too, because it's like, you know, he's he's probably getting that call and then like families huddling around the TV and stuff like that. And then like the announcers are just like not talking about him at all. And it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But you know, it's also at the same time, it's probably like, he doesn't give a shit about that either. He's probably like, yeah, so he's like, I, he I'm going to the Packers. And yeah. it's like, yeah, on to the next thing. So that's, that's kind of the perspective you want to have with it. Of just like us as fans are annoyed because like, we're just, you know, we get annoyed with dumb stuff like that. But like, you know, we, have to also remember that he probably doesn't, um, you know, like, I guess, like, probably care as much as we do. So probably doesn't. Hope is, he doesn't. Probably, probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, speaking of getting Iowa and Iowa State mixed up, let's move on to sports gambling because both Iowa and Iowa State had players, I think, now, this is an ongoing investigation, so these numbers could change, like, quite literally at any moment. Um, as of now, approximately 15 Iowa State athletes in track and field, football, and wrestling have been accused. I don't even want to say accused. Like, they kind of got caught. Like, I mean, they, they got caught sports gambling on an online forum. So I think uh, DraftKings or FanDuel maybe had an audit of their location services. Um, I, I do. This is so ongoing. This is so raw. So like, don't hold a lot of our takes to this. I threw out some takes last night that I don't even believe in, but I just, I was, I, my mind was racing. I loved it. I love the rush of this. Oh, it's been fun in the worst way possible. Um, Cause Iowa also got busted 28 players. I think was the number. Um, it sounded like it was mostly baseball related. I don't know of any football players, but no names have came out yet. Um, again, this is still so new. I've heard that some of the names that came from the Iowa State side are pretty disappointing. Um, so there's that. But I also want to know, like, you know, did they win? Like, how much money did they win? Like, that that's <laughs> pertinent information. What are they betting? Yeah, like, are, are they – what if they're just placing live game bets? Like, they're going to the locker room at halftime. They're like, there's no way we're we're winning this game. Hammer money line on TCU. <laughs> that, that one's not a good one, but uh, uh, I mean, uh, well, basketball, basketball is, is you know, they're they're fine, but 
They, they know something about TJ Osberger versus Scott Drew. They could have made some money on that. But either way, um, very, very new. It's kind of weird that Iowa State and Iowa are in this situation together, but you can probably assume that it was some form of audit within, you know, the state. Apparently, several other colleges have been busted, too. Truth be told, I have not really seen exactly where that comes from. I know Alabama's head or head baseball coach um, got in trouble for it. The thing that was bad about him, we mentioned this before we hit record, he was betting like for and against his own team. So that's that's kind of shitty. Like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I, you know, the NCAA has just kind of had multiple different streaks of kind of taking money away from the players. And I know this situation is is definitely different, but they use the whole shtick of bet on yourself. And, and this is like one of those takes I threw out there. I don't even know if I agree with it, but they probably shouldn't be saying, oh, bet on yourself, even though that's like their main motivation for doing for like being successful in the NCAA. I don't know if I, I don't really think they should be allowed to bet, truth be told. But like, it, I, I don't know. I don't know. Part of me thinks they kind of can. I don't know. I, I don't know. Help me help me wrap my head around this situation. Help me have an opinion uh, somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's. It's definitely one of those things that, as we've just seen with, like, I don't know, like, sports gambling kind of opening up and, like, kind of being the wild, wild west that, like, there's probably, like, been some sort of, like, you shouldn't do this or there's no gambling or whatever, but not everyone's going to listen or do that or, or whatever with it, you know, like, even when I worked with the Pittsburgh Steelers, there was this thing of like, you can't gamble on like the NFL had a very strict, like there's no gambling on, on any sort of NFL or any sports at all. Kind of. Kind Are of, you allowed yeah. to gamble NFL? Because technically you work for the Steelers inside information. Are you doing illegal? You are not, news? you are not, you, you couldn't do like any, like if you were like an NFL, like under the NFL umbrella, you weren't supposed to bet on like any sports at all. Was kind of like their, their whole, um, I, I don't know, like their big umbrella with it. It was like, you can't have like sports betting accounts or anything like that um, and whatnot. So I don't know. I'm guessing that NCAA probably has a, a very similar sort of rule set for it, but just with how everything's going, you know, it's like they have that, but then there's like probably schools that have deals with FanDuel or DraftKings and then there's like NIL and like all this kind of stuff that's like whatever that there's just you know this mess of a like there's a lot of sports gambling money that's in sports now that then you're kind of it just feels so much like very tongue-in-cheek to being like oh you guys shouldn't be involved with gambling at all but as we're taking a bunch of money from sports gambling things you know but yeah that's like par for the course for NCAA being like hypocritical. So, oh, and um, speaking of hypocritical, you know, like if there have been any sort of like I, I don't, excuse me, like their board of directors, dude, I, I don't know, I just know there are some people very high up within the NCAA who have definitely, you know, sprinkled a little bit on Georgia money line going into the NCAA championship this past year. I don't know, I, I, just, I totally don't buy it that this is just something i just think student athletes are more prone to probably getting caught than anyone that's like leading the charge on this stuff i don't know maybe that's just me being cynical and honestly my opinion on all this is that student athletes shouldn't be betting certainly within their own sport within you know that medium so if if you're a college football player you can't bet on college football anywhere if you want to bet on the nfl that's different but um if any of this happens, like, I mean, this stuff happens to Iowa State, I got to come up with other excuses to back up our boys. I mean, hey, you know, I used to think that, but now that it happened to us, I don't know, maybe I should rethink how I feel about this because it doesn't really coincide with what helps Iowa State. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The The gambling one is always kind of like a, I feel like a, a pretty tricky situation to to navigate because... You just, I, I don't know. It's one of those things that as an athlete, you, you never really want to mess with your eligibility and, and like toe that line. And I get it. It's like, Hey, you know, everyone's doing it, you know, like 
it's fun to bet on whatever. It, it seems silly to be like, oh, you can't bet on baseball if you're a college football player, or whatever, that kind of stuff. But like, I don't know. The NCAA never handles stuff well, and it sucks to say like you broke the rules. You're gonna get, you know, we don't know exactly what the punishment's gonna be on it. You know, it's it's gonna be way worse if it's found that they were, you know, if it's same sports stuff, then that gets really bad. Yeah, you know, it's like if it's on yeah. some like Pete, Pete Rose shit, then then that's not good. But like, other than that, you know, um. I do think that there should be some leniency on it, but there really isn't normally. It's going to be like you were gambling and we don't care what you know, the rules and you shouldn't be gambling in general. You're, you're not allowed to like have an account or bet. And that's what, that's what we're seeing is like, we're seeing like for the most part, I think even what happened with the NFL, when we saw some yeah. of these NFL players get busted is that a lot of these like DraftKings and, and these bigger betting accounts are kind of, um, they're just letting uh, releasing information on, on people and, and profiles and stuff. And so it's kind of dangerous to be going that route with it or, or whatever. So, but because um, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's how, that's how most of the NFL people got busted was like, they were had accounts or were, were using that as a way. And it's just like, you like, I don't know. I mean, if they want to continue to be sponsors, of um you know the nfl the ncaa then they have to comply so i i get it um i'm i'm really just trying to scrape the surface of changing my opinion so it properly can back up our boys in cardinal and gold so that's why i'm like you know what Maybe it should be okay for them to bet on themselves. I don't know. I don't know. I, I Again, I, I can't convince myself into things if I don't believe it. But that's going to be an interesting developing story. Um, again, apparently there are some kind of disappointing names that people are hearing, but nothing is concrete, so I'm not going to throw any out there. So we'll see. Um, anything more on sports gambling? How, how, how's your sports gambling been lately? Have you been hitting a lot? Um, I placed... My first bet since I bet on UConn to win the national championship. Which so there we go. That's your segue. That's my segue. Thank you for that segue, actually. Um, we well haven't done. had a podcast since uh, the Final Four, but I did bet during the Final Four on UConn to win the national championship, and that hit, which was nice. Um, and then I bet on the Diamondbacks last night to to cover, which – they did, and I only bet on that because the Marlins played the Cubs the day before, and it went 13 innings, and the Marlins' bullpen was completely depleted because they had to go through a bunch of their relievers. So I was like, and they had to travel cross-country and face the Diamondbacks. So I bet on the Diamondbacks, and it, and it worked. So, <laughs> Well done. Hey, quick quick applause for you there. That was, my, that was my betting strategy, so thank you. I did lose a little bit on the Kentucky okay. Derby. But I feel like most people did not bet on Mage. So, nope. Um, Cyclone Mischief. I did really struggle. Yeah. Did you see? I think there. So, one of the Iowa horses got third. One of them did really well. Then the other two were dead last. And oh my gosh, they were not. They were not even close. But Cyclone Mischief is also a cool name. You just kind of throw in cool names in there too. So I think that was part of their uh, kind of kind of like a marketing ploy. Hey, Cyclone Mischief cool name yeah um speaking of baseball we don't have a baseball team but um our women's softball team has been killing it um seriously they're looking really good but i i want to talk a little bit about the story with them in west virginia um disclaimer we do not run barstool we have not touched barstool in years so this isn't us and we are so so against them and we would never do anything like this but they tweeted out, I don't know, maybe like like right after March Madness, just some meme about how there's nothing to tweet about until the start of football season. Totally cannot relate, you know, definitely not us. We would we would never. Um, but Leia Nelson properly responded with, well, this is awkward. And because of that, the West Virginia men's baseball team kind of, you know, formulated this. What, what was called cyclone ears thing where 
you know, they don't have a women's softball team. Iowa State women's softball doesn't have a men's baseball team. So they kind of cheered for each other. And it honestly just kind of turned into a very wholesome viral thing stemmed from hate toward Barstool ISU. So Barstool ISU, shame on you. Um, West Virginia Barstool, we support you. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. Did I that's, cover that's our stance? Actually, that's, that's basically how it went. Um, <laughs> very funny. Um, and also just like a pretty – it's so so weird because when I was reading into it, I didn't realize that West Virginia didn't have a softball team. So it was like the perfect like like little jigsaw piece puzzle yeah. is like connecting, you know, of like, oh, you guys are a softball team that doesn't have a baseball team and we're a baseball team that doesn't have a softball team. So yeah. let's just like, you know, form this this bond. But yeah, it's it's been a really awesome development to see on like Twitter. They've been playing like Country Roads and Sweet Caroline afterwards, which like I, I hate our whatever uh, that were somewhat associated with Sweet Caroline because like it's you don't like lame. sweet caroline it's so lame dude Do you, are you one of those guys who thinks juicy wiggle needs to be our um permanent i'd song? rather i'd rather juicy wiggle than sweet caroline there's like 30 other schools that do i sweet agree caroline. i don't like that and but it's, it's, it's like, still like it's very kind of boring and and we i don't know it just it sucks uh it, it's it, there's it doesn't have any sort of like i, I don't know like what about it's like iowa state i, I, I don't know it i don't just, know it's a good point. Like, I don't the only reason I hate Sweet Carolina is when people play it before games. Like, I will hear people in the tailgate. Or when they, played it, they played it in the third quarter. Remember that they was that, that pissed shit? me off. <laughs> that pissed that me shit. off, man. Whoever did that shit needed to go get like beat up a little bit. <laughs> like, what, what are you yeah. doing? We're, we're are against you just, bullying, are you but that's trying that to jinx it. us. <laughs> like, you are the ultimate jinx. Um, yeah, I honestly it's because the I players can probably can hear that. that. <laughs> like the the players are like, oh, they're playing Sweet Caroline, nice. <laughs> like it's like nice. We now have to win. Um, yeah. honestly, I okay. Very honest. This is honesty hour. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't love Sweet Caroline. I don't, I, and it's it's for the exact reason that you mentioned. I feel like so many other schools have leaned into it, and I, I don't dis. I don't dislike it, but I just don't love it because of that reason. I don't feel like it's as original as we kind of want to trick ourselves into thinking it is. It's really not. Um, now I am curious to see who did it first. Cause maybe if Iowa state was like one of the first two or three schools to kind of really embrace that, then I would say, okay, let's keep it up. But there's a lot of schools out there, at least, I don't know, like a dozen that do it like Penn state is very big on their sweet Caroline. And I'm just going to say it right now. Penn state's home field atmosphere is pretty sweet. So it's kind of a hard cold is very, well, okay. We call ourselves a cold all the time. I know, so. but Penn state's like the ultimate cold. They're like up They're like one step below Texas A&M. It's like Texas a and like the super cult of fan bases. Penn state's like right below them. of like the right. most culty college fan bases. This is from someone who lives in Pittsburgh. I'm like near Penn State people all the time. They're That's like fair. they are they are cold. Yeah. Well, I, I don't disagree with you there. Um, should we move on to the Iowa State basketball offseason? Yeah. Curtis Jones of Buffalo guard transferred to Iowa State, 15 points per game, nearly five rebounds a game and three assists per game. Um, and there is someone else big dude. Okay. I mean, Jack. just bear with me, but how it's do you Jackson. pronounce it? Jackson Pavletsky? That actually, I think that's right. Jackson Pavletsky. You go with it. I'm going to, that was a good one. Yeah. So Jack Jackson Pavletsky, um, shooting guard from Wofford averaged 15 points a game, 49% from the field and 39% from three. So we're, we're getting guys who are highly efficient in their shooting, um, and I think that's just exactly what we needed. I, I really wish we, you know, maybe grabbed a big man in the offseason so that way we're not so dependent on Omaha Baloo. Um, but at the same time, we got Big Rob Energy coming back, and he's going to give us a lot of defensive effort and some good rebounds. So I, I do just think um, we might be putting a little too much on the big man down low for Omaha as far as like, you know, offensive production, but Hey, you know, maybe Bobby Jones will become a three point specialist over the off season. Eh? I mean, Brackens has talked about this and yeah. I agree with him. 
that we the last couple of years have not been able to to run much through the post um and that hasn't changed and i would not agree much at all I, yeah um we saw that i mean even this last year it was it was frustrating at times the lack of involvement for shun in the offense um because i felt like it was a little night and day when when we did um highlight him and spotlight him in our offense but um yeah i would i would have liked to see that maybe addressed in in our team and there's there's still time we had another scholarship open up uh unfortunately jeremiah williams is transferring out of the program um Mm -hmm. which you know i was i was kind of disappointed but i i guess i get it a little bit um you know our it's just admitting it's tame and lipsy's team well, it's just I, I don't know. It's it's I think bringing in some a lot of these younger guard transfers have multiple years. Lipsy's ha, Lipsy has multiple years left. Uh, Jeremiah was only going to have one year, so I, I think it was kind yeah. of like knowing maybe just like what the team is. You know, this this team is definitely going to be a younger team. This team's you know going to probably have some growing pains. And is gonna, you know, I think I think next year, while we're gonna have some great talent, it might it might take a little bit to get going. And I think Jeremiah Williams is maybe looking to be on a team that might be a little bit more experienced or is also maybe looking for a starting role. Whereas like I think on this year's team, it would be something where he'd probably start off in a starting role, but put could probably get like eclipsed as the year goes on by some of these yeah. guys that are like, you know, cause like Lipsy's going to play his whatever. He's not giving up that guard spot at this point. And then I think a lot of these other guard transfers that we brought in, it's the same thing. Like these guys are, you know, 15 point guys, you know, at, at some mid majors that are going to be contributing. And then I don't know. Keyshawn Gilbert. I didn't even, I didn't even mention him, but he's a UNLV guy. I think, I think he and Otzelberger overlapped. I could be wrong there, um, but he's incredibly efficient. 46% from the field, 38% from three. And then not to mention four-star guard coming in in Jelani Hamilton. So I, and I think this is fair. Jeremiah Williams is good enough to the point where I think he deserves his own offense, you know, can really show NBA scouts what he can do. Um, so Absolutely wish him the best of luck. I'm really going to miss Eli King. He's our boy. Um, and then Caleb Grill heading on down to uh, Missouri. So, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not bitter about that. A lot of people hated it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? They they kicked our ass this year. If you can't beat them, join them. I, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I also did want to note that we do have Trey King coming back, and he kind of came into his own a little bit last year so like we're not gonna have kind of like maybe your true typical big men we're gonna have like maybe some of more more of like these like i don't know like athletic guys a little bit Um, and you kind of have caden fish who's you know bigger he's a forward i mean you know he he could be kind of that athletic I, I don't know, dude. I, I just agree. We need a bruiser down low. I, I just. Honestly, I like yeah, I, I would guess that it's like they probably look for like the Robert Jones replacement down low is like my guess. It's like mm-hmm. kind of like that development guy. Probably you're probably not going to see a lot unless there's like a lot of foul trouble in the game. But it's it's going to be maybe a slightly more traditional big but but it's gonna take a couple of years for him to get going but yeah maybe with the open scholarship that's that's the route they go but i mean omaha bailu is gonna take take a lot of time down there and and trey mm-hmm. king and then you know robert jones hassan ward come in to to help them so you know who would be like the last piece we need to this puzzle oh my gosh talk about another name that i will not be able to pronounce zuby edgio for i th- EGO EO four. Oh my gosh. Whatever. He's a forward out of Kansas, bigger dude. Um, I mean, you got like five minutes a game. So like his stats aren't remarkable by any means, but, um, shot 65% from the field. I mean, 
I would like to see that shot selection and whatever, but he could be, you know, that bigger man that comes in and, and kind of a little bit more with uh, experience to help that that's kind of a wish list item. So I, I don't want to talk too much on him, but this Jackson guy, I mean, he got interest from Gonzaga, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Ohio state, Penn state, just, just everywhere. So he was a huge snag for us. And I don't know. I mean, I, if anything, Basketball offseason has been looking really good for us. By the way, shout out ISUCycleandsports.com for all the help with the offseason transfer tracker, as well as the coverage on the NB on excuse me the NFL draft. Um, head on over there. He he does some good work keeping you up to date on everything. So, anything else on basketball before we turn the page? Not really excited for the the upcoming year. Um, Give me a little bit of a younger team, but it's going to be kind of like that. I think the first true year that you can say that there's going to be a good chunk of like Otz's guys here. Um, you know, not kind of like this, this lot of, I mean, it's, it's some transfer guys, but these are younger transfer guys, which is like, I think that's just kind of going to be the state of college basketball um, too. The, I mean, the portal is here to stay. Um, it's been here to stay. Hoiberg showed that or started that and then it's it's been crazy since but um it's a good thing to lean into yeah yeah should be another great talented team that that should be a lot of fun to watch um and and excited for odds year three so absolutely um one last thing on my end before we wrap up Brock Purdy is California's biggest celebrity um, he was at the Giants game. I think this is about a month ago, but they had to literally pause the game because he got a standing ovation from the crowd and the standing ovation went so long. So just really cool. Um, a little update on him. Lots of trade rumors with Trey Lance and obviously they brought in Sam Darnold. Purdy's surgery is on time. He's expected to start throwing in June. Um, so Still an opportunity for him to maybe start week one. I'm just going to tamper my expectation or temper my expectations and say he's probably not going to be starting week one. Um, a lot of people, not Iowa State homers, are really bought into the Sam Darnold hype, though. They're saying if he starts week one, you know, under a very like, you know, good system and Kyle Shanahan, they maybe he'll end up being the starter. I don't buy into that at all. I I know that Trey Lance is definitely gone because a lot of people don't even want to trade for him like i don't even know if he has a trade location but i don't know what are your thoughts with all this brock purdy talk in san francisco i feel like he's gonna kind of put through the ringer for as damn good that he did this past year yeah i i don't know i i think my my favorite talking points with brock purdy every year offseason is like there's always just the hot takes of like it's a Kyle Shanahan offense. Anyone can like run it super quarterback friendly and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, Kyle Shanahan's been in the league for what? I don't know. Like, yeah, this is like his seventh year. Maybe as the head coach of the 49ers, he's had like Jimmy G. And then when Jimmy G has been hurt, there's been a variety of backups and stuff like that. You know, like at this point, Sam Darnold is a backup. You know, like, yeah. so like these people that are hyping up Sam Darnold, it's like, he's a backup. He was on the jets. He got traded. Um, you know, he sucked with the Panthers, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like he is, he's truly now a backup. We've seen what backups did in the 49er system. We've seen what Jimmy G did in the 49er system. You know, he obviously took him to a super bowl, but it wasn't like due to Jimmy G. It was like, um, with Jimmy G like, like it was like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's I, a good I, I can't remember the term, but it's not like, it's not because of it's like, you know, like, oh, fuck. There's like, a term I get what you like, mean. Yeah. It's like, it's like the person's like kind of holding you back a little bit. Like the rest of the team is despite. very good. Yeah. Despite, or like in part of, or whatever. I don't know. Uh, there's a specific great term with it that I'm just like, it's not on my brain right now, but anyways, um, so, and, and Brock was, you know, excellent last year. You know, he limited turnovers, was very efficient. And the other thing was that, was that like the team as a whole loved him. You saw the way that the veterans embraced him, you know, George Kittle, um, Fred, 
Fred Warner, these guys um, just in the locker room really loved what Brock just brought to the the team, the organization as a whole. And so I think that, you know, this is much more of like a media hype and just like off season talking point. And yeah. I think that you're going to see as long as there's a healthy Brock Purdy that I would be, I'd be really surprised as as long as like everything goes well with Brock, which like that, that's what I'm worried about is this is just a, a tough surgery. It's, it's, you know, he yeah. lost feeling in his fingertips and, and things like that. It deals with like nerves and grip and stuff like that. It's very, you know, like just, there's a lot going on with that, that there's just a lot of things that can go wrong with it, that there could be setbacks. Um, Like you said, I, I'm really like tempering my expectations with it too, because you just never know um, what could happen, what could kind of like, you know, potentially, uh, you know, slow it down or impede it. So with that, I just, you know, obviously want him to be healthy and, and hopefully be good, but I'm not trying to be like, he, he better be back for week one and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I think the 49ers as a whole know that he's kind of their guy and are hoping for that and just want him to like make sure he comes back with his recovery um and i think a lot of this like media stuff is just like it's media being media because it's trying like, to find something to talk about yeah it's it's may 9th what yeah. else are you gonna talk about in the nfl on may 9th the draft's done there's literally nothing going on until you go to like training camp and then training camp's like the most boring thing to talk about too because there's people who are like oh training camp like let's talk about you know this one random guy who made a cool catch in training camp and then gets cut like two weeks later and stuff like that's just as boring as too so like, i don't know i i, I mean just, I, yeah well i was just gonna sam say arnold like no uh, we know. know what sam darnold is he's incredibly uh turnover prone and that's the exact opposite of the guy that kyle shanahan wants um you know going into picking trey lance they were between him and mac jones and there are very, very legitimate rumors out there saying that Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he had RG3, and he did really well with RG3, but I think what he realized in that is he doesn't really want to be running his quarterbacks 24-7. And obviously with Trey Lance, yeah, it might open up the playbook more, but it also it, it, it takes a lot more out of the quarterback to learn, okay, the running system, now the throwing system. It, it, it's already hard enough to just learn how to throw the ball, especially if you are kind of an underdeveloped QB in a Trey Lance, you know, situation. Um, so I, I think, you know, with Sam Darnold, he's more turnover prone, maybe a bit more athletic than Purdy. Maybe he's got a bigger arm, but that's not what Shanahan wants. And this is kind of certain I'm pulling together a lot of points here. But when C.J. Stroud had that rumor of him dropping below the top 10 even right before the draft, but the entirety of the offseason was, OK, it's going to be Bryce 1, C.J. 2, or it might be C.J. 1, you know, Bryce 2. The media tries to come up with these new stories, these new narratives as it gets closer and closer to when that decision will be made. And so I think that's just what we're seeing in the offseason, kind of like what you're saying, like, OK, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan both went out of their way and said, Purdy's our guy as long as he's, you know, healthy. That is more than a lot of GMs and a lot of head coaches will ever say about their starting quarterback situation. So they've already shown this commitment to them. And I think that's why I'm like a little bit like, come on guys, like in the media, don't be too unfair to him. Like we know that GMs and head coaches are very reluctant to commit to a starting quarterback when they are in this site, like, you know, this limbo, this purgatory phase, and they already have. So I think the decision's already made. Yeah, if he's injured, he's not going to play. If he's healthy, he's already won the job as he should. He was 7-0 as a starter when healthy. I'm not going to count that Eagles loss because everyone knows that that was the, – no one was going to win that game. I mean, Eagles walked into the Super Bowl with that. I mean, credit to them. They're very good, but – Sorry, long-winded uh, opinion there. I had to just get out, but I, I don't like it. Just come on. Just embrace Purdy as a quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the league. We know this. Yeah. So, yeah, just we know this. And Brees Hall is the best running back. Yeah, yeah. Lazard's the best receiver. Will McDonald is the best edge rusher, period. Yeah, Will McDonald, 20 sacks. Be ready. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else? No. 
All right. Well, if you made it this far, head on over to BNC Fieldhouse. Check out ISU Cycle and Sports blogs. Got some good stuff up there. And we don't know when we'll be talking with you next, but we do have some interviews in the queue. Newt and I have been incredibly busy, so cool off. Let us just have some time this offseason and cover ISU softball and Mountaineers baseball. Without further ado, though, roll clones. Roll clones, baby.